If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Truthseeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increased synchronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen won't you come come and take me Truthseeker.com. She's not a Christian. Give it up, y'all. Your portal to the paranormal, esoteric, and all things spiritual. She's tampering in dark sided stuff. And now, your host, Truthseeker. Ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? This is Truthseeker with the Truthseeker Podcast. Excited and delighted to be with you guys again today. Uh, we got an awesome show planned for you guys today and uh, some interesting information to get into that um, some stuff I've never heard of or just heard bits and pieces from other places. And we're going to be going into some of this stuff. So I always like those shows where I can uh, 
um, go into it with intrigue myself and wanting to learn and actually ask genuine questions to try to find out. Those are always the best for me. And that's what we're doing today. So it's going to be a good show set up for you guys. Um, Got a lot to get into, a lot I'm going to talk about. We'll talk about a lot of this after the podcast as well. But um, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend Dan Marler with his podcast. I know I talked about him several months ago, gave him a shout out. But um, he's doing really good with his podcast, and I wanted to kind of send some traffic over that way and let you guys go check out his stuff for you guys who haven't heard of him. Within the last several months, we've got a lot of new listeners, so I always want to plug his work. So uh, make sure you guys head on over to WeirdDarkness.com. He's got a paranormal uh supernatural mysterious podcast where they take different people's stories and uh and people actually submit stories or they'll take popular ones and he'll do voiceovers because he's a professional voice actor he'll do voiceovers and add the music and all of that stuff in there and he turns it into almost like this um, adventure that you can go on listening to the podcast doing the voiceovers and stuff like that so make sure you guys head on over to check out his website because there's some really cool stuff uh, you can even submit your own story which is really cool and I'm thinking about uh, hitting him up to, to do some stuff on my stories because I got some really interesting stories when it comes to dealing with entities and ghosts and all of that kind of stuff so really cool weirddarkness.com i'm gonna play this quick um promo that he made he sent over for me to play for you guys so uh uh check it out bolt your doors lock your windows turn off your lights and come with me into the weird darkness i'm darren marlar the creator and host of weird darkness bringing you true stories of the paranormal supernatural mysterious macabre unsolved and unexplained new episodes seven days a week get the podcast at weirddarkness.com or search for weird darkness in your favorite podcast app always got to show some love ladies and gentlemen make sure y'all go over there tell them i sent you tell them you heard it on my podcast and uh that's what we do we work together good stuff so um moving forward just want to say thank you to everybody who is supporting uh, my podcast and what I'm doing financially through Patreon could not do this without you guys. So, um, some of the people who have been supporting the last week or so, some of the new patrons, I'm gonna give you guys a quick shout out and, uh, and just say a huge, uh, thank you to everybody supporting the work, all the new subscribers, all the new listeners, everybody, this thing's growing like crazy. So, uh, we're going to continue to bring you good content and, uh, you know, be open and honest with these experiences and stuff that we're researching. So, um, shout out to, Within the last week or so, my good friend Brooklyn Roddenberry, Brooklyn, uh, she was actually on the podcast when we went to Tallahassee and did the uh, festival over that way. We did an, our first ever live uh, podcast, and so Brooke was on there with uh, Ja Love. So um, go back and listen to that uh, episode if you haven't. It was a really powerful episode uh, sharing her story. So Brooklyn Roddenberry, thank you. Amanda Marzuli uh, is uh, a patron now thank you so much and it was a uh, pleasure to meet you the other day um ebro 116 shout out sanyo ocho sent me a uh a, a, a long letter saying you know he's been listening to the podcast for over a year and he's finally uh able to become a patron so uh sanyo sanyo thank you so much for coming aboard um everybody else who's supporting as well thank you guys so much everybody who's uh up in your game at the support level again man i couldn't do this without you we are listener supported so thank you for believing in the work if you'd like to support 
head on over to patreon.com backslash true seeker there you get access to extra podcast um interviews behind the scenes stuff you also get access to my entire discography of music which is like 200 plus songs you get instant access to that all of the new music that i'm working on it's recorded and it's uploaded to patreon immediately before it's available to the general public sometimes months ahead six seven months sometimes um there's a bunch of new music there right now. Hopefully today I can finish my last song for the Colors EP. That stuff's already up on Patreon, uh, but it should be out to the public the first of the year. So I'm going to be working on the last song today. Hopefully I can knock it out and be done with that. But uh, moving forward, there's a bunch of really cool stuff. Thursday Night School of the Mystics, all of that stuff. You get access to it by becoming a patron and jumping ship with us and coming along. So helping us feel this beast that we have here. So again... Thank you, guys. I'm excited for today's show. Got an awesome show planned for you. Uh, excited for everybody hanging out, listening to us live in the chat. Uh, maybe 30 minutes or so in. If you guys have questions, uh, type them in the chat, and I will try my best to relay them to today's guest. But uh, today I have with me Ben Vonderhaad. Did I say it right? Yes. Ben Vonderhaad. So we're going to be getting into some really cool stuff today. Uh, you said this is your second podcast that you've ever done. And uh, you guys have been trying to get a lot of information about this subject, asking around all over Facebook and things like that. Um, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to this, but it is a very interesting subject and it's multi-layered. And we're going to be talking about the physical side of what you do uh, uh, as, as well as the spiritual connections that it has as well. But we're going to be talking about the stones, which are the nomoli. Is that how you pronounce it? Nomoli stones? Yes, Nomoli Stones. Nomoli Stones from Africa, man. So if you want to go ahead and give a quick uh, background uh, introduction about who you are and what you bring to the table, it'd be a great place for us to start moving forward. Yes, well, thank you, Truth Sika, for inviting me on your show. I'm very uh, grateful and honored, and welcome to the world of Nomoli, conversely. It's going to be good. Uh, yeah, Nomoli, I, I, can, uh, I can assure you, well, let me put it this way. As I said, it'd be nice if someone on anyone listener out on your show has any information they will contribute because we are on a, a truth-seeking mission about Nomali stones. Along the way, we have found information and amassed that, which uh, we're going to share today with your, your listeners. And I'm confident that we will impart information about these stones that, that they've never heard, and they can then be the ones to share it with others. And that's what I'm here for is to to uh, a campaign of awareness and exposure, if you will, having had the stones for many years and then coming out and going out more into the public a couple a few years back and finding that there were so scarce information on them that uh, it, uh, in one sense it it puts you in a position where you recognize the responsibility that you now have something that you need to spread as as you do with your show. you have information. That is valid, pertinent in today's world and can change lives and help, perhaps, and you want to get it out. So what are Nomali stones? Nomali are sacred carved stones uh, found in West Africa and only in the countries of Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Guinea. They're found deep in the bush. And unlike other stones that are found in grave sites, burial sites, or at ancient temples. These are found randomly in the jungle quite often, wow. very independently. And 
I will share with you some of the theories, but in fact, the bottom line is no one knows who buried them and no one knows how long ago they were buried. No current African would state that his great grandfather was an artistic genius who created no Mali. They would claim they were gifts from the gods. So it probably be probably be best to start back up with what are Nomali overall, the Nomali diet deities, if you will. And Nomali were the tribal beliefs are that, and oh, don't let me forget, we just had a recent development with the relation to the Dogon, which is very interesting. I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of those. Mm -hmm. But the Nomali gods, uh, according to tribal beliefs, were lived in the heavens and misbehaved and were banished, if you will, forced to, to earth. Some of us might be feel the same way. It's <laughs> <laughs> punishment. Anyways, uh, they were they were rained they rained down upon the earth from the skies long ago in time before time, if you will. And they lived with the natives. They imparted wisdom, information, knowledge, and helped out the natives in in the ways that they could. And they were said to have left these stones as tools to be used and as messengers from them to uh, the society. Now, the Nomali stones are known. They have been, they were first discovered by the outside world by Portuguese sailors in the 1600s. And they were there have been on a couple of shows back in the 1990s. I understand the Unsolved Mysteries did a short piece on some that were found in strata that uh, dated to about 17,000 years ago. They are from very few people in the African art world. I found having now spent some time with the museum, uh, African Art Museum, and having exhibited these stones there and gone to the functions, various various functions, and met many people looking again for information. I've found that there are very few people who know of them as African art. So they're known, but unknown. Now, why are they unknown? The professor would say, my friend, Professor Kwakua Foyanza, would say that is for a variety of reasons. The first is because they were buried underground. So they are underground and unknown for many years. But more to the point, it is social, religious, political, scientific, these various realms, uh, cultural reasons, and start with the religious. In those in those areas of West Africa, the primary religious movement has been from uh, the Muslim and the Christian sect. Mostly, your uh, more radical of those sects would be going into have an influence on the, the tribal nations and to convert them. Those both the Muslim and the Christians, when they'd find something like a Nomali stone, if they found it was being used, they would assign automatically, not only that it was not uh, valuable because it was not of their beliefs, but they would assign negative evil yeah. onto it and thereby destroy it and, and thwart any, any uh, knowledge or, or spreading of that word. Politically, in those countries, generally speaking, again, Muslim, the Muslim, the leaders of the country are going to be with the predominant uh, religious group. And that is, again, back to that same beliefs. And they will go along with those uh, religious trends so that they can be popular. 
if you want to succeed financially, et cetera, et cetera. Now, culturally, it's interesting. If you were to relate it to, say, the Native American culture, where there is a huge resurgence and there's always been an honor and a pride with their antiquated, uh, with their, rather their primitive beliefs and their uh, ancient uh, beliefs and practices. People are picking up the value of those. They use those. They go to powwows. Like myself, I've gone to powwows. Mm-hmm. In West Africa and in Africa, there's a, a great desire to be seen as modern. And anything primitive is not popular. It's not something they want to be identified with. Even when I've spoken with professors, African professors at universities around the United States, they will wear the garb and they will be attached to the society in a certain regard. But when you start talking about the old beliefs, the tribal practices, they will immediately distance themselves because they feel that they, again, want to be seen as modern and uh, civilized, and they do not want to be identified with primitives. So that has also been a factor into why they have been suppressed. I think I've covered a few of the reasons here. So what are they? They're stones. They start from a couple of inches to a foot and a half, and... They're primarily made out of soapstone, hand-carved or, or carved out of soapstone. And some are out of granite. And we have some that are out of ironstone that we've seen. They come in various designs, if you will. You could categorize them in traditional nomali. A traditional nomali is one that I'm holding in my hand right now. would be a female fertility figure. And that one would represent the standard characteristics of a nomali. Their legs are always squatted. And their eyes are exaggerated because the native says that their eyes were like looking into the sun. They could not look at them. And their lips are often exaggerated, as will be other features. And as with this one, this would be a fertility figure for a female. So it would be used for those specific uh, rights, purposes, etc. Then you would have uh, a male traditional one. This is the Nomali, or the uh, natives believe that the Nomali gods infused their powers into the crocodile and that the crocodile were a representation. They also, they were amphibious. And we'll get to the Dogon. I was mentioning a new development we just uncovered. But they were amphibious, and that was one of the reasons why the natives revered them. They could live on the, on the, in the water and underground. And in fact, they, could, uh, they were predators who could take a man on the ground or in the water. And so this would be a nomali, again, squatted figure, a male figure. This would be a chief who would be, uh, a chief would be infused with the qualities and the attributes that the nomali would have inspired. And the crocodile is infused, if you'll see, crawling up the back of this Nomali figure and the head of the crocodile almost forming a, a hat, if you will, on top of the of the figure. It's like a mohawk. Yeah, like a mohawk of a, of a crocodile. Uh-oh. Hey, Q, I just did something here. I still see you. Oh, okay, okay. No, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, so we've got 
the traditional Nomali. Then we have some of them that are more, uh, that are uh, infused, that are, if you will, conjoined between more human figures, more humanistic, and with Nomali attributes also. So, and then you have others that are purely humanistic in their in the images. You have some, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you have them, but when I was doing my research on these, there were some that looked like reptilian type beings that looked like what people would say the, you know, the reptilian race of aliens look like. Is that some of the ones that, that, that are, you have as well? or? Well, yes. Over the years, we have collected, there's quite a few stones. In fact, I came to find we have a, a very world-class collection from the professor. And some of the ones that I have personally uh, been able to connect to and find are unusual in that they have the most prevalent, most predominant feature is the elongated heads. Mm -hmm. And I'll pull one up and I don't know if you can see that one. Now this again is a chief figure because he has a staff. He is a revered figure. He is, does have the shortened legs of a Nomali, not completely, but relatively. And he has some features, but his head is extremely elongated, similar to the stones from Central mm -hmm. America and others which you've seen on the television programs, etc., that they would attach to ancient aliens. So that's why we have the ancientalienstones.com yeah. site, and that's one of the things we are looking for information on. Uh, such a connection. So out of all of them, there's not a lot, but there are a few. They have the elongated heads. Here's another one with the elongated head and almost some type of a head, some, something on its head. And, uh, and then we also have along. So we have a, a small group of them that are, would be con configured in a manner that would be consistent with the ancient alien mm -hmm. genre. Just from their stature, um, they look like they could be some type of uh, pygmy type species. Like they aren't very tall when some of the other reptilian statues are really tall and slender. Have you looked into the pygmy stance of an all? If these were physical beings that showed up, how tall would you think that these uh, uh, entities or beings would look? Uh, well, according to the natives, they were very, very large. They, oh, were, so they were, they were large. Okay. Immense. In fact, <clears throat> excuse me. There is a, there's a stone. If you look online, there was one that sold at Sotheby's auction some years back, a, a Nomali, and it is the Nomali riding on an elephant, and the elephant is dwarfed by the Nomali. Okay. There's another one we have with the Nomali standing on an elephant or riding an elephant standing on a turtle, and. Uh, in, in the Dogon and others, some, I believe the Dogon, but some tribes over there visualize the earth as a turtle. And uh, so the image again is the Dogon dwarfing the elephant and and large compared to the earth. So the, the beliefs are that they were larger than normal humans by far. This one's interesting too. This is, now there are a couple of, a variety of twin stones. I know there's a twin movement in 
and out there, uh, eleven eleven movement and the twin movement. Mm-hmm. And there are some twin stones that have uh, two heads, one facing each way. Some have uh, divided, where one side of the head looks like a different being than the other side of the head. Now, this is an interesting twin stone, and this is I've seen this image one other time online. This is the only stone such as this I've been able to acquire. And this one has two nomali, and as you can see, they are squatted, and they're facing, their, their feet are touching. They're laying down on what could be considered half of a sarcophagus, and they are, uh, so this is a, interesting, this is kind of a good piece to tell about some information that we get from a stone. Let's take this piece as an example. From the bush, when this came out of the bush, the word was this was a twin stone. It was to be given to a mother when she had twins for the care and protection of the twins and the mother both. And it was a highly revered stone. It would be used in ceremonies, and then she would keep it near her. Uh, now, when we show this to Professor Kokur for Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Arianza, who was the art professor at Howard University for 37 years, I believe, and was born in Ghana, was a very a genius and very well knowledgeable, world-class knowledgeable on these things. He would identify that this image represents when the physical and the spiritual beings of each of us join together and become a higher human, if you will. Yet, when you show this to uh, someone from the ancient alien theory, they would say that this potentially is the image of two nomali as they rain down from the heavens in a sarcophagus. When they came down, this would have lifted up off the top, and this would have been what the natives perceived. So, again, interesting then we will also show them to and hand them to stone whispers, if you will, who can 
hear the Sometimes. messages in, inside the stones or and that's a, I mean that's something I want to talk about as well because one of the really intriguing things about these these stones is the connection to something spiritual and you said you went to a uh, event at MUFON where a lady talked about being healed from one of the stones I listened to some of the presentations on the website where another lady uh, at the um, um, antique place or whatever was talking about how a lady came came in and was talking with her and she couldn't stop looking at her like it was trying to communicate with her or just calling out to her or something like there's this vibration or something behind it and it really intrigues me for the the, the thing you're talking about whether they they have messages that are stored in the stone um a really interesting thing for me is understanding like terence mckenna talks about a lot of psychedelics and mushrooms and things like that but there's these different artifacts that the ETs have left behind uh, for us to communicate with them through almost like a walkie talkie, like this statue or this plant or whatever it may be. There's, uh, you know, talismans, with, which were in the Bible and stuff like that, that they use to remind them of their essence. So when you see this, you're going to be reminded of me. And literally, we can communicate when you look at this, almost like if a, a Christian or a Catholic would look at the cross or look at Jesus hanging on the cross, it immediately reminds them that Jesus there feel warm at heart and they feel protected and secured. And so this type of um, uh, stuff going on with that. What what were some of the, the 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 spiritual or supernatural connections that you've heard or experienced with these with these stones? Well, yes, I was actually raised Roman Catholic, and and uh, I know there was a, always a trade in the saints. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it was their garments or their teeth or their hair or exactly passed the, down. Yeah, they said you whether, couldn't be a true Catholic church without having one of Peter's bones in your church, right? Have you heard that? I, I, I wouldn't surprise me. Wow. There are so yeah. many different and, and I'm a person who supports anybody's uh, right to believe what they want and just remain open-minded myself. I, I, you know, God didn't check with me when he made things and see if I would agree and would understand them. So I know there are great things out there occurring. As far as the stones, Yes, I, I had uh, had the stones for some years, and and um, and I have uh, myself. I I've meditated all my life, and and uh, I've used the stones in meditation. I also personally am not a, a American Medical Association individual so much. I have actually hadn't have a doctor since I'm seventeen. That's uh, forty two years. I've been grateful to God. I haven't been plagued with any disorders that require that. And I understand there are many people who do need doctors who are not as blessed with health as I am. But I tend to think that way and have surrounded myself with those type of individuals. So I will have found others who have used the stones. I guess we could start off with a funny story. My brother in Florida, my brother's a skeptic. So I sent him a stone a while ago, some years back now. It's been maybe eight or ten. And he had the stone, and I think he was using it as a doorstop or something. He wasn't revering it very <laughs> highly. And his neighbors, who are great people, were over there partying. He's a big, a big party guy, Central Party USA, over at his house all the time. A lot of fun. And uh, and uh, these, they were talking about the neighbors were talking about how they couldn't get a child, have a child. 
and they'd been to many doctors and they had not been successful. And he said, well, that stupid, goofy stone over there is supposedly fertility. Why don't you take that with you? So he took the stone with him half heartedly just for a chance. And she got pregnant and she took the stone back and she lost a baby. And she took the stone back again and got pregnant. And she now has two children that are, I think, eight or nine, six, eight. And she believes that the stone was responsible. And she then gave it to another friend of hers who was having trouble having a child and uh, who used it also. So I, I can't uh, state that there's any documented evidence because, as I've said, there's no we can't find anybody who's used the stones. But I thought that was interesting. My brother is now still uh, somewhat of a skeptic, but he's, he's skeptic on his own skepticism because how did that happen? And whether anybody else believes it or not, those mothers believe, and that's what matters, and it helps them out. I have had other friends of mine, but look, yeah, we talk about the, the show, MUFON. You know, as I was telling you, it was interesting. We went about trying to find out about my own stones at first, and that's when I found out there was such a lack of information. Eventually, I hooked up with the professor. We exhibited our stones at the museum at the African Art Museum of Maryland, small but very prestigious. And that's where you saw the video, yes, yeah. where one young lady said she couldn't take her eyes off the stone. And uh, as Doris said to the director of the museum, the results were well beyond what she had envisioned, the response. At that, uh, at the museum, I then met people there and went to the different functions and Oh, but let me get back to the, the, uh, the, uh, after that, well, what I found out was there wasn't much information about them either than that. There was very few people in the African art world who knew about them. So let me just take this through this. So you see where I end up. Then I went to the internet. I had my son contact all the groups on Facebook. And so I'm putting out feelers to groups that have hundreds of thousands of members over and over again for six months with pictures of the images of the stone, different ones saying, has anybody ever seen these stones? Do you have any experience, anything you can tell us about? We're working on the assembling information for the book, and we can find nobody that's ever used or has any knowledge of these stones in America for the most part. And over that period of time, we found no one, absolutely no one, got back to us who had ever heard of those stones. At these, all the ancient alien sites, the ancient civilization sites, the healing sites, the psychic sites, amazing so I took them to some shows with psychics that powerful, powerful readings. Um, you could see them just like electric jolts went through them when they held the stones. And then I decided, okay, well, let's take them to the MUFON. So we went to MUFON International. That was July this year, summer. And then we went to MUFON Philadelphia and we set up a booth and we exhibited the stones and I anticipated that there would be people there who were experts in this, who would know of these stones. And again, we found that uh, with one exception, and I'll go explain that in a minute, there was only with one exception, not one person who these people have spent their whole life studying ancient alien theories, and they know the stones from all the other places. Not one person had ever heard of Nomali stones, with the exception of Bill Burns, Neat guy. Actually, we ended up driving him home that night after the show. Very nice guy. He's a, the gentleman who started the show UFO Hunters. He was the keynote speaker. And uh, he starred on the show UFO Hunters. Most of you, our viewers probably remember that show. 
And he said he'd heard of the Nomali deities in Africa, but he did not know they were stoned. So it's amazing to me that, well, and then at the show, yes, there was a gentleman. um, uh, He came through and uh, him and his, he, him and his uh, uh, two, his sister and his friend, who was a healer. And they picked up one of the stones. They say, can we touch this stone and, and try the stone? And it was the twin stone here that I had. And um, they took it and they, they sat down in some chairs. And it was just uh, striking. There was, you could just feel something going on over there. And when he first came, this gentleman, when he first showed up, he was just kind of uh, not alert. He apparently had been having great neurological issues. And he was essentially being led, for the most part, by his sister. And he didn't seem to recognize uh, all that much of... uh, of, He just didn't seem to be real alert, I would say. That was the word. Nice guy, very friendly, but just not alert. Didn't seem like he was fully there. And after that occurred, when he came back, he seemed like he had just been woken up. And he said he had experienced a phenomenal healing. They all three had tears in their eyes. And uh, yes, it was it was quite impressive. He called me a few days later and said he had felt uh, a shock, as if he had been lit up again while he was sleeping and had visualized that stone um, where he, in his own home. At the same event, uh, was there was a woman who was on a motorized cart, and she came up and she got about six feet away from one of the stones, and she stopped, and she started crying, and she said uh, she couldn't come any closer right now. And she came back later, and she did a reading on one of the stones and thanked us for bringing the stones and said we're doing great work. Wow. They are having a uh, impact on people in, 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 in different types of ways, right? Um, so I haven't asked you yet, and I wanted to ask you, and other people are asking in the chat, how did you acquire these stones? How did you get your hands on them? And they're also for sale. You have some for sale on the website. How much does something like this go for, and how do you get your hands on them? Well, the story of how I acquired them will take a minute, so let me first answer that. the yeah. first question. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The stones, Nomali stones, are generally speaking. If you if you look in the auctions, you'll see they're tra- they, six to twelve thousand is a probably an average price for some Nomalis. Ours stay in line with that, although the value is somewhat higher because they were museum exhibited. I don't think, as far as I can find, that you can find any museum exhibited authenticated Nomali available for sale other than these. And we want to put them in people's hands to have this impact. Instead of them sitting in museums, we want to see, as you you know, our friend Jeff the Shaman in Florida acquired a stone and it 
it told him it wanted him to use it on all his healings and he's used it on all his healings. He, uh, one of his late, uh, one of his clients acquired another one. And, uh, so, okay, back to the price. I mean, we have some traditional normalities that are only a few thousand again, between six and 12 is the average. We've got the, the large, larger ones, which are considerably more expensive. And of course, the ones that have the, the ancient alien, heads and those type of images they are very unique and and so they'd be at the top of that range um, as far as how to acquire them you can contact me on the website and we do have a, some of them and we, we're interested also in in tracking them after we put them out there so that we can get more information for the book and uh, the documentary which i believe is inevitable at this point in time because that's the way these things are more revealed in today's world but a book is going to be a nice start. We're going to use these also in the book, this collection. And it, we're going to start off with a coffee book, coffee table book, if you will, which is uh, the pictures is the predominant thing that we'll track. And we will have information. And then, of course, we'll go back over to Africa and do some further research before we do a complete book, knowing now that there isn't a book that covers this subject matter. How I Acquired the Stones is an interesting story, too. Um, over the years, a couple of times, and one time in particular, I was uh, there was an attempt to recruit me into the intelligence community uh, by my fr a friend of mine that became a friend of mine, showed up at my door one day, and uh, a shout out to him, his spirit, who's been long off planet, but he went by the name of Bill Diamonds in West Africa, and I want to be I want to be respectful and, and cautious because I know that. There is, uh, for, there's a great animosity towards uh, West African in the diamond area. The, this gentleman was a diamond man. There, is a, there were people that were hurt over there, and maybe some of the relatives of those who were hurt will someday be listening to one of these podcasts, and, and we don't want to be insensitive. Um, it's, so we don't want to be insensitive, but at the same point in time, I want to tell the story. So my friend Bill Diamonds was a diamond a smuggler, if you will, and he worked for the intelligence community of the United States. He's long enough off planet not to worry about that. And he was a very rare individual, a, a real adventurer, a character. Uh, what a blast. He would drop off. He'd go over flying to Freetown, go over to Conakry, jump up in a goat plane up to uh, Guinea. And he'd drop out of there, and he'd ride in the jeep for a while, and then he'd be up in the, in the deep bush, what we would refer to as jungle from our days of watching Tarzan when we were young. And he would go into the bush, him and his guide, and he would wander around. He'd say, yeah, I'll be back in six months. And maybe it'd be six months, but more likely it'd be a year or two. And he'd come out of the bottom of the, of the jungle with uh, diamonds and information. So... Bill recruited me, and then at the same point in time, another individual recruited me to get involved in Nigeria. I got very limited involvement. I, I was not the right guy for that. I'm, I'm not dubious enough. I, again, I go on. I understand both sides. I understand that our government wants to be knowledgeable and, and needs to protect us. On the other hand, I'm not always sure that our government is uh, doing the right things here. My own investigative reporting has proven that often we're not doing the right thing here and I'm not sure we do them over there and I, I'm just 
I felt I'd get in and I'd probably fall in love with the people and end up fighting against the government. And I think my government would leave me alone. Or I think the United States government would not be, I could not count on them when I was in deep push. But anyway, for a thousand reasons. The point is that I was not in, inclined in the long run to pursue that. But I was inclined and always had been inclined and interested in spiritual and uh, healing and religious of all nature, facts and experiences. Mm-hmm. I have always been open and I've meditated and worshipped and sang with everything from Native Americans to Hindus to to Christians and uh, to the Jewish, I have no, no reservations. So I had asked that my interest was more the spiritual and the, those areas. And when I, I began to collect some of the items from him, he had I have some masks, you'll see wooden masks also on the site, and a couple of swords, but I asked him not to give me any more swords because I just don't like them. You know, it's just what they represent, the energy's not mm-hmm. what I'm for. And so I took an interest in the Nomali, and acquired all that were available or that were that were authentic and that were powerful over the many years thinking that there must be many other people out there doing the same thing but certainly my friend had uh, access to and and uh, and connections to the chiefs deep in the bush that other people would not have now they would get them because of a couple of reasons one that we think of the the bush in Africa as scarce, scarcely or sparsely populated, I think is the term we're looking for. You know, we remember, again, the Tarzan show where there'd be a tribe with maybe 50, you know. Well, there's there's hundreds of thousands of people living out there. There's, there's quite a great world going on out there. And uh, the chiefs are uh, the uh, officials of their own areas, and they would have the local people bring them to them. Once the word got out that we were looking for them, they had, uh, they'd already been bringing them over, but they, they brought more uh, when they became available. They also have become more available because, again, of the Muslim primarily, but the Christian. Over some periods of time, they would use both. They'd use the uh, Nomali at the ceremonies, and they'd, use, they'd celebrate the Muslim events, too, to placate the and to be connected to the money flow, the political powers. Uh, But as time proceeded, the Muslim uh, power got less and less tolerant and eventually pushed these out to where they are protected now because they will be destroyed if they are found. Yeah, there's a ton of of videos of uh, some of the Islamic sex and stuff going into ancient temples and just destroying everything i mean there's videos of them taking hammers and mallets and bats in there and just tearing everything up any type of statue and ancient relic that uh is contrary to their narrative uh they're going to try to destroy it i mean even when like some of the earlier stuff there's some good documentaries out there that cover this when it's uh, it was the uh, Secret Space documentary. There was a whole, I think Chris Everett put that out years ago. There's several of them. But um, when we went into Baghdad and things like that, showed the U.S. government tanks just running through these, um, you know, temples and buildings with ancient relics in them, just crushing everything. And it's really weird whenever uh, someone, 
you know, even in biblical times when a, a, a nation gets conquered, the first thing they do is they go to all of their holy relics and gods or whatever, and they try to destroy everything um, so that there's no more memory of it here on the earth. And so that's what the U.S. Has, has been doing. That's what the Islamic nations have been doing and trying to, you know, to push their agenda and their narrative. So years later, we don't understand what's what anymore. We don't know what the Library of Alexandria had. We don't know what the Sphinx actually looked like and some of the other things that are there that have been destroyed over the years and stuff. So it's very interesting that that's happening. And it's really cool that you guys have them in the museum as well um, there. So I wanted to ask you, as far as doing your research, um, have you studied the work of Graham Hancock at all? I'm not familiar with that name. Wow. Definitely look up Graham Hancock. Um, he's a researcher, philosopher, uh, lecturer when it comes to th this stuff with, uh, you know, ancient temples and stuff like that. A lot of big stuff on, I think it's um, Gobekli Tepe that was in Turkey that they found. Are you, are you familiar with, with that temple? Yes, yes. They found with these huge statues of these reptilian type angelic figures you know mixed in in, in into the uh the temples and stuff some really interesting stuff that was just recently found i want to say within 10 years ago you know so uh very interesting check out graham hancock's work um what about this name credo mutua have you checked out his work no actually uh you know i've he's from actually, africa as well and and uh, definitely check out the work of Credo Mutua. David Icke has like a six hour interview with him and he he's from Africa. He has all of these little alien statues and and he has all of these crazy stories where he talks about the Dogon. He talks about um, communicating with these ETs and these different rituals and stuff that they would perform and they would give out statues and relics and stuff and they would have to do crazy like really deep you know, makes the Masonic initiations look like a cakewalk type, uh, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. rituals and stuff. So Credo Mutua is definitely, you got to check him out, especially researching the stuff from Africa as well. Very interesting. But it's something about, you know, the space people that came here that there's like a resurgence on it. This stuff is blowing up. We see ancient aliens. And so you can put out a show, you know, and if it, you know what I'm saying? People are going to watch it, but there's something when it just takes over and people, they're basing their religion off of it. They're changing their religion. They're changing their information. Their, their narratives are changing. Going back to the Sumerian tablets and just some of the other ancient cultures that predate some of the stuff that, that we've been told and stuff. So the ancient alien thing is, is really cool because... Um, all of these different tribes and you're talking about native american we're talking about the indian tribes from you know the tribes from india as well uh christian lore like muslim they all what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk about these gods that came down to teach mankind and to uh, change the DNA and, you know what I'm saying, these different things. So every. Every religion and every tribe on the face of the earth talks about the so-called Anunnaki type beings that, you know, the Zulu nations as well, that talk about those from heaven who came to earth to to deal with mankind. So Christian narratives are most likely going to paint the fallen angel picture. It's going to be kind of weird to kind of, you know, what I'm saying, try to try, try to speak to some of them about it. But even the gods or the Elohim of the Bible, the gods of the Bible who came down that were with Yahweh and they had different talisman that they created. And so there's like different monuments and talismans and symbols and, and things that they would have that would, that had power and stuff that they believed. And it's really interesting when you start talking about how when people hold hold the, the artifacts, they're able to receive information or get downloads, as we would call it. Um, I have some friends who uh, are who are in Hawaii who actually dig up really big chunks of, of crystal out of the earth and they call them Lumerian crystals. And it's talk about how these crystals are holding memories. And so like you're saying, if you meditate with these relics, with these pieces that come out of the earth, you're able to tap into some type of higher frequency and, uh, and, and, and they have memory to them. And they, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to, to really talk about the spiritual aspect behind these. Well, yeah, and then it takes me, makes me think of Rebecca also. Rebecca recently bought a, uh, a stone, acquired a stone. Rebecca Kamen is her name. And Rebecca, um, she's a professor. She has lived with indigenous tribes for decades and is a uh, lecturer, speaks around the world right now. I think she's in Singapore. She speaks specifically on where science meets art and the effect of indigenous tribes upon where science meets art, which is interesting. She also happens to be in a group of professors that are joined between a number of universities in the United States studying what are called nanoparticles. Mm -hmm. These are these ghost particles that they've only recently discovered. Specifically, she's in the study of neutrinos. And the theory is perhaps these neutrinos, they come from the sun and they, these ghost particles pass through everything. They're so small. And that's why they couldn't register and identify them. There are some who believe this is the mechanism whereby we are receiving messages or receiving enlightenment. And she came into, I went down to New Hope, Pennsylvania for a few hours and set up the stones. And at the end of that day, she came in, she was her birthday and she was 68 or so. I forget. Anyway, she looked at the stone and she you knew right away. You could tell by the way she held it and what happened to her when she held it. She acquired the stone, and she feels that that stone, it has a little tablet on the front of it. It's one of the ones it's on the website. And we'd always called it the uh, the tablet. It's just a nickname for it. We'd have to name them. And 
And she identified after she meditated with it that it was actually the scribe. The tablet was the message that the scribe had, you know, was where the scribe had written this message and the scribe was delivering this message. And she felt that this stone, she meditated with it. She put it in the center of all her meteors, pieces and everything else she's collected all of her life as the centerpiece. And she felt like it has to do with her work on neutrinos. Now, I don't claim to understand any of what I just told you. <laughs> but that's that's my job is just to pass on what other people reveal. But it's, it's it is interesting what and there were some guys from that worked with NASA at the MUFON International came by, who are supposedly going to get a hold of us and they want to potentially use one in research with a group to see if there is any message that is received. Does it do anything? Is there you know a mechanism to register any scientific evidence at all, or even just the impressions that other people that people receive from them i do want to mention the dogons yeah yeah this is a a development just within the last week and a half i as you said this is my the second podcast so you know we went we went to ancient aliens tv show i've been talking to david silver out there for a couple years nice guy at prometheus productions he's excited about the normali and as I pointed out to him, I said, David, when you watch the show, they sew the same stones, the same Stonehenge, the same rocks, the same places, Tobleki, uh, all these same places over and over yeah. again. This is something new. They haven't been able to get it sold to the network yet. They're trying. I guess they're doing themes this, at this point in time, and it's they haven't got a, the, a West African show yet. Now I told him I understand too because you know when they go to Egypt or some place like that, as he said, they have an entourage that meets them. They take them. They get everywhere they want special <laughs> access. You're not going to get that in West Africa. <laughs> you know? you're, you're going to. You're not going to get those guys with the pretty suits to go over walking around that jungle because they, yeah. you know it's very dangerous. You have to be. You have to know how to behave and you have to be connected or you won't come out. It's very simple, and. Um, so whatever the reason is, that's why we went to the, the the internet with my son. We figured, well, we'll take that message directly to people. And then we found no one was aware of him there. And then we said, okay, we'll go to a show. And we went to the ancient or the, um, the the MUFON shows, and nobody was aware of him there. So this when after that is when the first guy who was the show contacted me. He said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I did that podcast uh, just a couple weeks ago at the. Somebody noted on there, and I'm going to quote it, was something like, because uh, we talked about, the, he talked about the Dogon. I told him, I don't know a lot about the Dogon. I would think most of your listeners know this much about the Dogon, that they are the tribe which is attributed with having identified Sirius B, the ghost star, yeah. hundreds of years ago, and having believed that they are from a place that is a, surround, a planet around the third, it was a, supposedly a third star maybe up there. It hasn't been found yet. And there's a planet in that solar system that they believe they originated from. Well, the Dogon, after he said that, or when we mentioned that, then one of his viewers, like you guys right now, posted and said, the Dogon were visited by the Nomo, a fish-like mm-hmm. being. And I said, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't sound like any. These aren't fish-like beings, so I don't know if that relates. But I looked it up online, and I found it. That's the, looks like the more accurate translation is that they were visited by amphibious yeah. beings. Well, that makes a little more sense because Nomali are often, as I showed you the one, have that crocodile on their back, and they are 
as you said, some of them have uh, the image that looks somewhat uh, reptilian. Yeah. With with them. So that started making sense. And then I said, well, wait a minute. Nomos is their gods that, that came down and gave that information about Sirius to the Dogon. Nomos, Nomos, N-O-M-O-S, Nomoli, N-O-M-O-L-I. That's pretty darn close. And then I checked it out and I said, well, wait a minute. They're the Dogon are from Mali. No Mali. From the very country which borders on Sierra Leone and Guinea and Liberia. Back in the day, long ago, the Mali Empire encompassed the very areas where these stones are found. So could it be possible that these were once called the Nomos of Mali, shortened eventually to Nomali? Yeah. But that's just something we uh, put together in the last week, and, and the first time I mentioned these on your show here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to note you know, the whole water thing, the whole amphibian thing where um, when, when we're looking back at um, Lumeria and some of the other ancient civilizations that were said to be here and the, wor- and, and the, the earth was covered mostly in water, right? Um, it's, it's very interesting, too, because you talk about the Nomo and, and the different fish beings and fish gods and things like that. Um, we look at you know, I can't help but make the connection. I don't know if it's there, but Dogon and Dagon mentioned of in the Bible. And it said that the mystery religions uh, through the Catholic Church, you know, even still venerate the Piscean deity Dagon that, you know, the Catholic priests have these um, big uh, hats, what they call like a mitre or a mitri, a really big one in the top of it. Look, it has an opening and they look very similar to the ancient Dagon fish priest or whatever who wore the big fishes on the, on, on their head. It's really interesting. Um, and there's this other take. I don't know if it fits in, but it's something about the amphibian thing where um, even with the Bible now, speaking about Nomo and stuff like that, like there's this take that I've heard. And I'm saying, not saying that I believe it, but there are people who do who talk about how the earth uh, was covered in water at the beginning and we see the Genesis story come about and somebody was there or somebody downloaded that information. However, Genesis came about that's between you and whoever, but there's a take that they were, uh, that that there was a, a race here before that were amphibian and that they were in the water and watched Yahweh create, um, the landmass in Africa, right? That they were watching and they were scribing this stuff down as they seen the seven days of creation take place and God making man and then God making animals and all these other beings almost kind of came in and took over. And so there's a belief there that, that someone actually wrote Genesis from a firsthand encounter watching the, the creation story happened from the water. So I thought that was very interesting. And it, it, it at least ties into research to open up more doors of exploration. You're a thinking man, obviously. Connecting dots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying. See, see, it, I mean, that's what you got to do, right? If you're trying to get information on this and there's not a lot of information out there about those stones and you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, you have to use the sources you've got, and then you've got a hypothesis, put some hypotheses together, and then pursue them and see if they make sense. I mean, that's really it's kind of an adventure, isn't it? The whole world, the whole life is uh, 
this way. Everything that you approach has to be like that. You can't just take your face face value anymore or say, oh, this is the truth or this is what they presented. You just have, you know, it's kind of here a little, there a little and, and putting it together till it begins to make a picture. And that's how you really get to the bottom of it. Understanding these ancient cultures who were very smart. They weren't just some primitive people. Like these people understood the star systems. They're able to see yeah. things with the naked eye uh, that that we're just now finding about these constellations with high-powered telescopes. And so these primitive people knew things about the stars and, and drew these star maps and these maps of land masses and things like that from an aerial perspective. They were tapped into something. And it's it, it, it goes to say that... Uh, I believe in those figures who came down and they left a mark here. I don't think that they, I, I think that they're still here. Um, someone mentioned the fact about um, hollow earth or these beings or things coming from out of the earth. Have you looked into that at all since these, these came out of the earth? I haven't gotten any information for that. Although, you know, I, we have got some potential theories uh, well, let me put it this way. A couple of the stone readers had visualized that these stones were tens of thousands of years old. Some identified them as, or felt they were much older than that. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've recently found that I was not that aware of is there, and even in academia, there's a, under, there's a, a belief that the Egyptian pyramids did not just come down. and That was not the first pyramids the people built. That before Egypt, there was a society, a great society, along the Lemurian and Atlantean theories that existed, that passed its knowledge on to Egypt, and that then disappeared into the jungle, if you will. Many people are of the belief that that was in West Africa, and that these these stones and societies there far predated the Egyptian culture. And as, as one professor said to me, said to consider that all of a sudden they just built pyramids of that scale is, is not very logical. It's more likely that they had built them other places and, and developed the size, even if, the, if they received the information on how to do it from other cultures or from other sources rather other than the earth, wherever they got it, that they believe that they just automatically built the society at that level is, is not as reasonable as to believe that that was a byproduct of other development and and higher societies that existed that are just, there's no evidence of. And again, in a place like this, there could be hidden uh, pyramids, what, many, many hidden pyramids that have not been discovered. And yeah, won't be they're discovered still finding anymore. them. It's very interesting. You know, we think we got it all figured out. We know everything, but then they find a civilization underwater. They find a civilization under another one that used to be there. And there's these statues of the gods and things like that. Well, they have identified, my understanding is from one of my limited researches recently is that they have identified, they claim that Dogon are descendants of the ancient Egyptians. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Could it be the other way around? Yeah. I don't know if they can identify that, you know, could they say that the Egyptians are descendants of the ancient Dogons? But even the fact that they're saying now that the Dogons are connected to the Egyptians certainly opens up a, uh, a whole other theory, a whole other group of potentials of what could have been occurring in those empires long ago in West Africa. It's long covered over by growth. 
Um, I wanted to ask you this. This is a question from Allie. She wanted to know, have the uh, the stones been examined or uh, tested? Uh, someone else wants to know, have they been carbon dated as well? Um, examine for, for that. She also brings up, brings up the question, have the stones been x-rayed? And, and maybe there's a link, maybe not, but this always for those listening who want to do further exploration. The interesting thing about an x-ray would be the fact that um, in India, the yogis, some of them who have ascended, right, they uh, were spending time in meditation and have become petrified or almost turned into some type of stone-like figure. But when you x-ray it, there's a man inside of there who left that form behind through meditation and you have this almost statue left of what used to be a yogi who has left his body and ascended and it's in a petrified state and even shrunken even. So that's an interesting question when it comes to being x-rayed as well. Well, let me get the the simple quick answer on the carbon dating. Carbon dating cannot be done on stone. Carbon dating has to be done on organic material. So when they carbon date a stone, what they do is they dig the strata around the stone. And as I was saying, this show that I saw evidence of on the internet, the Unsolved Mysteries, I believe it was called. They identified a Nomali back, this was in the 1990s, I believe the show was on, that Nomali had been found in the blue, that blue stone that comes from meteors. And that this particular find dated to 17,000 years ago. So again, what they do is they find the strata where the Nomali is buried in. If you can get enough of the dirt around it, and there's going to be some wood decayed in there and other things that were natural decayed. That's what they'll do the, uh, the carbon dating on. As I mentioned, these stones are found individually by natives, by diamond miners, and they are, there is no strata kept along with them if they're kept at all and not destroyed. As far as the x-ray, that's a good question and Somebody might be tuned in to higher knowledge here. If you look online at a Nomali, you'll find also there's another story of a Nomali figure that was uncovered some odd years ago. I don't remember. And they x-rayed it and they identified there was a metal ball in the stomach. The stomachs are always are often extended because that's a power point that you're, that you're getting the energy from, from the Nomalis. And they identified this stomach had a ball in it. They broke open the Nomali and got it out and found what I, I believe I haven't looked at for a while was a, a metal ball bearing, if you will, that mm-hmm. was not possibly manufactured at the time the Nomali yeah. would have been uh, created. So, but no, I have not uh, x-rayed these. That's interesting. Yeah, somebody was talking about that in the chat as well, about the uh, the uh, metal ball that um so do you think that there are some people who can try to replicate these do you think that's well they, you know it's interesting for something that's unknown apparently that at one point in time there was a huge uh market of replicas and of frauds even that were manufactured to look old mm-hmm. so that when i first came out and identified reached out to people when i had the collection i was told by the experts that they're that any no, they're all all, all normally now are fakes. There are no more real normally, and uh, so that's when I identified, found an expert professor, and I took the collection down to him and put him out on the table and said, 
you know, you tell me. But up until then, what I came to find, and then if you look on like an eBay or something, you'll see many Nomali for a couple hundred dollars. And uh, uh, yeah, some for some for a thousand, a couple thousand. But again, none of them are going to be authenticated. So what we what we did do was, you know, when I found out that there was that concern of, of uh, authentication, I was very confident because of the source. And um, I mean, this man went in and he trusted his guides with his life. And uh, I also say this, I should say this about Bill Diamonds, it's important to say is that he went into the bush for the diamonds. But when he was in there, the people really took his heart. I mean, he fell in love with the people when he'd come into a village the children would come running. And uh, so he loved it over there. Anyway, so what was I talking about? Oh, yes. I, I really lost track of what I was talking about there. Talking about yeah. <clears throat> ben, uh, I enjoyed this episode, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Go ahead and plug your website again for so people who you know may be listening on the podcast app. They can actually go and see the pictures of these stones as well. Yeah, ancientalienstones.com is the website. I I, have, I would recommend it to look at the video. We have a, a video we put together with the professor and the director of the art museum, of, of the African Art Museum, and we we have them showing the video, uh, showing the stones. Some people, I mean, only a few people will be able to own a stone, but many people can receive something just by looking at them, perhaps. And... Uh, and just increase your knowledge and see something you haven't seen before and let other people know that these are out there, that there's, there's something out there. Because for whatever reason, we have been unsuccessful with getting the, again, the Ancient Alien TV show and uh, to, to reveal this to people. They'll do it, but in their time. And, and quite frankly, they have a very successful formula. They don't need our stones. They're doing fine without us. But I think that these stones are usable. I think that the Nomali... If there is such an energy, which I, I, I've witnessed with other people's use of them in my own, that these, they want to be out there. They want to be used like any um, tool that God gave us to bring blessings. They want to be activated, and they activate shamans. They activate people, they, and you activate them when you put them into play. So that's what I'm doing. I'm the steward of the stones. I represent the Bennett J. Vonderheide. Shirley and Bennett J. Vonderheide collection and proud to have found something and hey, amazed to still trying to figure out how this guy here in Conestoga, Pennsylvania ended up. <laughs> you know, the guy who's, who seems to know a fair amount about these stones. I'm not an expert in that. I know a lot. I would be considered an expert because so few know anything. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I appreciate Thank you, you coming because, on, man. Uh, you've done a real service to. Uh, hopefully, to your- hopefully, hopefully, we get some input, and and, and hopefully, uh, it gets on the forefront, and hopefully, we hear about this on Ancient Aliens. Would be really nice too. And just in closing, if there is anybody in your audience who has ever used the stones, has any evidence or any knowledge of them, we would certainly be interested in in anything that we could uh, get, garner and gather from your. Uh, I'm sure very astute crowd. Yeah, Polish. definitely. Definitely. Make sure y'all hit them up. Ancientalienstones.com. Ben Vonderheide. Thank you for coming on, brother. Peace. Enjoyed it. Blessings. Okay. All right. Ben Vonderheide, ladies and gentlemen. Interesting show. Nomoli. The Nomoli Stones. Um, very interesting when it comes to 
ancient relics when it comes to um, talisman, you know, something in the Bible. It's really weird, man, because you start finding out that they had. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Things like that in the scriptures or whatever. Statues that made them remember an essence of an angel or an essence of God or something like that. We look at the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? And you have the two cherubim on top of it. And they're statues and the wings are drawn out and their wings are touching each other. They're facing one another. Very similar symbolism in Egypt when it comes from Africa. to so like, who's first? Like, who is the first? And that's really the big debate when it comes to it. The Sumerians, the Africans, e- Egyptians, um, Christian, the Indians from India. Like, there's all, all of these stories are very similar. Um, and then, it, you know, the, you have the Christian narrative as well. The fallen angels, you know, those who came down from heaven. And he, I think he even mentioned uh, the 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 word fallen or something like that but it's very interesting so um everybody has a different narrative or whatever and so what they bring to their to the table of their study um one thing is for sure something happened something is going on uh happened and it's still happening right when it comes to these type of of beings, uh, ETs or, or angels or aliens, whatever you want to call them. Um, everybody has a different opinion according to their study and the research material that they found. And like I said, like when I first started out, a lot of my stuff was in the Christian realm of thinking, like he said at the beginning, most of them will just say that it's all demonic or all negative. Um, I mean, there are quotes in the old testament where they would take over a nation and they would do that they would destroy all the idols you know they would smash them all and things like that so are the uh you know christian missionaries um uh you know doing the right thing when they go in there and they they tear everything up or you know the u.s army when when we go into to other nations and we destroy all of their ancient relics and then there's no more you know remembrance of them on the face of the earth are these the other gods that existed um who came here to cause confusion and ruckus could be don't know but it comes down to the fact that there were angelic beings who came down here to do righteous things they were sent here biblically to rule and reign uh, with the father, with Yahweh, and he sent them here to reign over certain nations and things like that. Maybe these are relics that they left behind. Who knows? So one thing about it, it does uh, pour a little bit of fuel on the on the fire of the exploration that something happened. I don't think that uh, it, it's an outside invading f- f- force that's going to do harm 
to humans uh or these type of aliens or whatever you want to call it they've been here the whole time they've been watching uh over us if they wanted to to destroy us they could have done it at any moment especially when we were behind on on technology now we have the tools to fight back and there's we talked about this many times uh but there's different videos of laser beams being shot from earth towards these weird craft in in the heavenlies in outer space um so we're shooting down these things and i've received the information as well that you don't have a lot of sightings when you're trying to will them to happen because if they show up they'll get shot down so there's a lot less sightings going on right now i don't know if there's a certain time whenever uh time is right or there's there's less stuff going on um but that's why there's a lot less sightings and wouldn't that suck if you were to perform a ce5 and make contact and a craft shows up or an angel shows up and freaking the government shoots it down while you're watching it wouldn't that be crazy it was your fault like there'd probably be judgment on you for doing that it's just a this is just things that kind of pop through my mind and I've, I've throughout my studying and through my own personal experiences there's been times that look we can't show up I also often believe that uh, cloud seeding and some of the um, um, what you would call uh, chemtrails was a perfectly open sky. And then there's this and then within an hour or two, jets are going back and forth, crisscrossing. And it looks like the entire sky, your whole field of vision. Uh, you can't see any sky. It's all clouds man-made manufactured clouds which are chemtrails that expand it and they look like clouds you wouldn't know it and so that that happens and so i even believe that that's to actually cover up some of this ufo activity that's still going on right now above our heads and so um really interesting stuff to to apply to your studies when you're trying to figure out what's going on and what role you play in this war whether it's a war of information a war of the world's a war between our world and their world again i think the bad guys are here i think the bad guys are tearing up the planet here um feeding us chemicals feeding us fake food feeding us wood chips and uh, plastic rice and all of these things the government and the fda and all of the stuff that they promote this stuff there's a freaking mcdonald's and you know burger king uh, on on every corner even in the hoods even in the ghetto there'll be a church's chicken there there'll be a liquor store there they and if you plant a garden you'll be arrested if it's not regulated that's that's weird that's demonic so we're talking about the good guys versus the bad guys the good guys are out there they're watching over us the bad guys are here ruling who are they did they come down from another star system from another constellation is it the anunnaki here who have created mankind to be a slave race i don't know i do know that the elite use your energy your time your blood your sweat your tears to be the fuel for this machine that they're running that is definitely true so when it comes down to who are the good guys and who are the bad guys um everything's out there free energy i mean just independent people researching putting things out there about magnetic propulsion uh, how to make objects lighter. Like there's so much stuff out there that's proven. And these people eventually end up getting taken out. We could do away with fossil fuel. We can do away with the, the fuel industry, with the gas and all of that kind of stuff and just use free energy. But they don't want to. They'd rather destroy the earth because they're, they're making billions off of that. 
and the large companies, all of them, man, it's this what runs the world. It's the oil industry. Um, that's demonic. Those are evil people who know that there's a, a safe alternative. But but for the love of money, they would rather tear up the earth that they've been entrusted with. They'd rather tear it up than uh, move to something more better that's uh, better for our health, better for the health of the planet, those things. Um, that's demonic. I really believe that. And time time is short. It's not gonna it's not gonna last forever. I really believe that. So all of these things about the gods who came down, they're coming back. They're coming back. Whether you want to say it's Christ and the angelic armies, which I kind of have grown up with that narrative, and I'm more upon that Christ and the angelic armies. Whether you want to say they're ships coming back or they're uh, actual light beings and angelic armies that are coming, which the Bible calls the host of heaven, are going to come back. The stars are going to fall. And uh, the two kingdoms can't coexist. So good and evil can't dwell together at the same time. And so that's why all of this stuff's happening right now. And so there's an uprising even within the people, even within the consciousness of the people who want something better. We look at projects like the Venus Project which they have all of this stuff mapped out, be easy to implement. They're trying to, but there's a suppression of information. There's a a suppression now of independent media that if you talk about this stuff, you'll be deplatformed, you'll be demonetized, all of these things. Very tricky uh, industry that we're in right now. And, um, but we're in, I mean, we're living in very interesting times. And so I think that those who are for us are greater than those who are against us. And in the end, we're going to see it all, uh, you know, it's all going to bubble up and come to the top eventually. So heat rises. Let's see. I'm going to jump in here to some of these questions right quick in the chat or some of these comments. Um, uh, Renee, Renee Ruiz says not to mention under the Vatican, all of the stuff that they have. Yeah. Kenny says, I keep picturing Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom or Cypress Hill in the Temple of Boom. Oh, so you're wow. You're talking about you keep picturing the uh the crystal skulls that's a whole nother subject those crystal skulls and those are like real artifacts supposedly right there's a whole bunch of stuff out there when it comes to those crystal skulls that were found um uh so we got a um another question here or, or comment from uh jesus christ superstar who says it's Anunnaki. I am a psychic and an astral traveler i've seen many things over the last two years i've seen the grace all sex all set every single one of them wow it's awesome man yeah it's that's the beauty of it is that you can be the experiencer like you can you can do the knowledge you can do the, you can get the information for yourself through meditation through prayer through stargazing through research all of this stuff and just reading all of the ancient manuscripts that are left even the stuff that was taken out of the Bible that were in there at some point, but they said, now take it out. When you go back to find why they took it out is because it points back to some of these type of gods that were being worshiped, uh, in, in the ancient times. And it would kind of show, uh, some of these rituals and things that were passed down through pagantry, which is still, uh, adored by the, the Catholic church. Like they still carry, the mystery school practices and not to say that it's all bad or anything like that, but it, it, it's still being practiced today on the earth, which is, uh, which is very interesting. Um, that's one thing I do like about, 
uh, the charismatic Christian churches that they still practice some of these ancient things and they don't even know it. I think it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? They, they practice trance state. They practice speaking in tongues. They practice healing. They practice uh, channeling the voice of, of God, the voice of heaven, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus. Like They practice all of these ancient things that the majority of, of Christianity has given up on. I, I really... I really appreciate that aspect of the Christian church. And, uh, but then on the other hand, the Catholic church are still practicing some of the ancient rituals and things that were, uh, practiced back in the day. Like I said, there's a book out there for those of you who want to go down that path. And usually it's a really weird path. When you start out on a lot of us have been down it and we're coming back off of it, but you find out everything's pagan. But when you find out it blows your mind, your Christmas, your Easter, all of this stuff comes from, Pagantry comes from uh, Egypt, comes from Babylon, comes from Mesopotamia, uh, Persia, you know what I'm saying? The Canaanites, all of these other religious practices that we've borrowed from and stolen from. The Jews did it. The Hebrews did it. The Christians did it. The Catholics did it. They're all doing it. There's nothing new under the sun, nothing ritual, uh, nothing new. Um, So when, when you start studying that, it can blow your head off. You're like, oh, you look at all this ancient symbolism that's still being practiced today. It's on the dollar bill. It's in the Vatican. It's in um, it's in Washington. It's everywhere. All of this symbolism, they all see an eye or whatever. And you start freaking out about it. You start seeing that you've been lied to and, you know, your churches are in with these people and this kind of stuff. So it can lead you down a, a, a weird road at first. But I say don't panic, like don't fret. It's not all bad. Right. When you first get woke you start seeing this stuff everywhere you start seeing it in the way that they build their um uh, architecture even us here and uh shoot in in um there's a i think it's a, a women women and children's hospital in mobile there's like all of this ancient egyptian uh paintings and murals all over the wall you go in there you're like what is this you're like taken back in time to ancient egypt by looking at all of these gods and symbolism on the wall of the hospital. Very interesting stuff, man, when it comes to um, understanding where everything came from. So, but I said all that to say that if you want to research that, the origins of the Catholic Church, the origins of, of, of our Christianity as we know it today, there's a uh, book out there by the, by the name of The Two Babylons by Alexander Hyssop. It's a very interesting book. There are some pictures in it when it comes to some of the old, pictures and diagrams of you know the uh dagon priest and then side by side with the catholic priest and they show you all the ancient stuff um i don't like the fear monger but it, and it's not fear monger for me but for some people and when it's brand new to you 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 know when when you're sleeping and somebody turns the light on in your face you're you know, that could take a little time to kind of wipe the sleep out your eyes and, and get refocused or whatever. I don't know where you are. Everybody's in different places on their spiritual walk and on their spiritual journey. But if you're into finding the roots of Catholicism and the roots of Christianity, as we know it today in the West, The Two Babylons by Alexander Hyssop, make sure you check that out. Um, you can also check that out and, and, and listen to free audiobooks by using my promo code. I have a, a promo link in the description so that you can get a free uh, audiobook at audible.com. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash truthseeker, audibletrial.com 
backslash truth seeker. So there's some really cool books that you can get, man, and they give us a kickback too. So um, I don't know if that book's available, but two books that I highly recommend are um, The Final Quest by Rick Joyner as well as The Alchemist by um, Paulio Coelho. So those are two life-changing books. Shout out to Kenny. I got him that book for his birthday, and he's in chat. Kenny, have you read that, man? Let me know. Have you started it? It's a really good book, man. Change your life. Um, yeah, so with that being said, also, man, I wanted to plug uh, what I've re- recently released, man. I really uh, just did my first guided meditation that's recorded. So I recorded myself doing a, a guided meditation that I believe that I was able to tap in to the father's heart, man, just in my own prayer time, I was led to to write this meditation and hear from the heart of God that what he would say to people and to put that into a meditation and create an encounter and an experience that's highly produced. I I hired um, voice actors and their sound effects and uh, it takes you on a tour through ancient uh, Israel through the tabernacle of Moses into the Holy of Holies and into the throne room of God. And so there's this uh, experience that I've created so that um, it's fully immersive. Most of the people who have already purchased it, who have already given me a review, most of them come back in tears and and experience something very profound. So I want to make sure that you guys uh, check that out. Uh, You can go to truthseeker.com. I have CDs available as well as the, the downloadable MP3. But I guarantee you um, that that guided meditation will change you. So it's a fully immersive experience. Uh, it's really beautiful. And I'm going to do more, man. It was such a uh, outpouring of love that I got from it from different people. And people just want more. So there's some other ideas we've been studying and, and talking about for years. This whole idea of um, being able to bring people into the encounters that we've had, right? We've had these encounters with heaven. We've had these encounters with uh, angelic beings and, and with Jesus and things like that. And how can we take you into that that place? Well, for one, we just start talking about them and it just automatically stirs something within you. If you're called to it, you want to, to know more. You want to know how you can do it for yourself. How can I get into meditation? How can I contact? How can I uh, do a CE5 and stargaze and have encounters for myself, right? As we start talking, Talking about it naturally it's light language it starts stirring something up within you we've been exploring that how can we bring people into that with us and um, I definitely do it through my music as I put a lot of that stuff within my audio um, and, and it, it just ignites people and, and takes them on their own spiritual journey uh, themselves through the music it's powerful but even so more like with the meditation it is like a uh, it is is a fully immersive experience and journey that takes you down through there. So we've been talking about how to do it even through prayer and and and, and through meditation and stuff. But this this way, man, um, it's really beautiful. And there's a bunch of things that I've seen, a bunch of things that I've experienced that I want to take you guys with me on. And I've got a lot of ideas on how to do that creatively. Trust me, there's it's really good. So you can listen to a snippet, uh, on YouTube or on the, the website as well. Truthseeker.com. You can check out a snippet of the guided meditation. It's about 17 minutes long and, uh, yeah, have your own experience, your own encounter and make sure you let me know, uh, what happens when you do it, man. I'm hearing 
I'll, I'll need to start saving all of these testimonies and stuff. They're not submitting them on the website. They're emailing me back and they're hitting me up through messenger and stuff. But everybody has, has said, man, that they've just had these explosive encounters. And so it's going forth doing what I knew that it would do. It's so powerful that like, I feel like I'm a conduit, right? Like I didn't make it up. I don't think I feel like I channeled the father's heart. If you want to say that. And, um, I, as I was writing it, it's just, it's powerful. It's overwhelming, man. It's intuitive writing where the Holy Spirit said, tell him this, tell him I love him. I'll never leave him. And it's just like, obviously some things I know, but it's like, you have to articulate it and find out which, which part tell them that they've been here and they've been struggling, but the struggle has not in vain. And it's just, and it was just receiving it, man. It is a beautiful encounter to be a conduit of that energy, man. And um, and I and as I was recording it, I tear up. Um, as I go back and listen to it, I was reading it for friends, and I don't want to be like overly sensitive or overly em- emotional, but I'm trying to read it and like I'm holding back tears and trying to act like a man, trying to read it to my wife. Okay, hey, how's this sound? And I'm reading it, and I'm just like, she's like, oh wow. And I read it to other friends and they can feel it. And I just share my enthusiasm with, with other friends. And they're like, wow, I can't wait to, can't wait to, to really uh, tap into it. And so um, it's a beautiful experience. And so I, I'm, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on God because I get to go back and experience it as well. That's the, that's the most beautiful thing that I get to experience it. Now I can, we played a little snippet last night on Christy Lee's podcast, about six minutes of the intro, five minutes and um it's tears man it's just it's from it's from heaven so anyway if you'd like to support my work and download that that mp3 or cd it's available on my website truthseeker.com i'm gonna make more and so uh it was just a a really powerful experience um fred lynch is in the chat what's up brother he says since since we are all one consciousness of the creator could the uh could the could the oligarchies I'm trying to uh, it's really small text oligarchies be the lesser of ourselves um, acting up because they are being revealed and cleansed just like acne is cleansed from the skin Um, I'm not sure I I know I probably read that wrong and he also says I saw the guy to meditation that's a dope idea Definitely getting that, bro. Oh, definitely. Uh, Renee's asking for the link. You could just go to truthseeker.com and it'll come up. It'll say Truthseeker's first guided meditation. That link will take you directly to the MP3 download. Let's see. Eric from Ohio is in the house, in the chat. House dog. What's up, brother? I love you. Um, Yeah. Make sure y'all check it out. With that... I'm going to say peace and shalom, man. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. This was a different interview. Different interview. Everybody has their own opinions. Chris Garner, I want to hear from you in Discord. I want to hear from all of you in Discord. Join our Discord community, man. We're creating community here for everybody to to talk it out, to hash it out, and to to get into prayer and, and, and create a safe uh a space where, where, where all of us can come together and, and speak and share. And so you're looking for community. You're looking for somebody to talk to. You got some crazy ideas and stuff going on in your head. Join our Discord because you're not alone. There's a lot of other people there as well. So uh, make sure y'all do that. The link is in the description. 
click on Discord. It'll send you an invite. You can get it on your phone or your computer. Uh, D- Discord is a uh, it's a chat app and it's a voice chat app. So you can text if you want to text or if you want to get in and talk. So that's that's going to be coming out soon as well. So um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, I think we're I don't know if we're streaming or not. The internet's jacked up. But anyway, that's the end of the show. Love you guys. Patreon.com backslash Truthseeker if you want to support my work. Peace, peace. Well, that does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truthseeker podcast, head over to Truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at Patreon.com forward slash Truth Seeker. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.